You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Uh, good morning, Sid Talk. Good afternoon. Oh, it's afternoon. Um, Correct. It's- and it's, what, are we, are we a day late again? No, we're not really a day late, because this is kind of like the regular time now. Is it? No, we've never done Why do you not keep track of this? We, we're we always on Sunday, and sometimes on Saturday. Today's Monday. I know, I'm just saying. We don't, this isn't a regular time, no. This is just Monday, it's a special treat. It's Monday, a special treat for all you people <laughs> who are used to the Sunday treat. Anyway, anyway, it's um after the show, and this is episode number 67. Dang. Uh, yeah, 67. That's weird. That was the year I was born. Way back in the 60s. And, and also your age. <laughs> your math is good. Your math is just <laughs> as good as the cal- as the calendar you keep in your head. And talking of seven, it's also Monday, April the 27th, Very 2009. I'm, I'm full of links today. And, uh, full of something. Yeah. <laughs> Shite. Um, I didn't say it. And this week we're taking a look at... Let me just get this right, because I wrote it wrong there. It's actually Sin City, Frank Miller's Sin City, Recut, Extended, Unrated, Blu-ray Edition. (laughs) Not Extended, Unrated, and Recut, like I put up there. Um, This is a 2005 movie, and it was released on Blu-ray disc Tuesday the 14th of April, which was last Tuesday. It's from our friends at Disney and Miramax, and you're going to tell us what it's about if they don't know already. Oh dear, it's a hard one to tell what it's about. It is... um if you watch the whole movie together, it is sort of a crisscrossing of stories in Sin City, including, but really the theme of all of them is, you know, uh, broken down people fighting to defend someone who's helpless and needy against some really horrible, gruesome, the the wor- almost worst things you can imagine, uh, criminal violating murdering, raping kind of criminal there could be. <laughs> Based on a graphic novel. And there's a black and white. Based on a graphic Based novel a graphic by Frank novel. Miller. Yes. A famous. I'm, I'm gra- just saying what the movie is. And it's kind of hard to... There's a lot of severed limbs and hands. Uh, a lot of shots to the balls and the cock. Um, with guns and hands and feet. <laughs> shots to the balls and the cock. <laughs> I'm just giving you a good overview. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's probably got- overall. It's like the I would think, and he says it himself, the Frank guy. You know, it's the things he wanted to see in stories: women, hot women, guns, uh, crime, castrations, m- men with burly, you know, and booze, and you know, knocking around. <laughs> castrations. Okay. Yes. Not pleasant either. It's probably got the most castrations of any movie I've ever seen. That's what I said. Shots to the cock and the balls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Different ways. Yeah, so, and... I'm not, I'm not letting, it's not really, li- really, I'm not really um, giving it its due here. It's really good, but that's, it's hard to describe. All right, so, uh, let's get into the movie. Um, so, we, we actually saw this movie theatrically in 2005 when it came out, and I liked it so much, I purchased the special edition DVD when that came out, and now we're looking at the Blu-ray disc. Um... Did we review it? No, because it was one I actually just bought, that one. This, I got the... Mm. We, we'll talk about the uh, differences between the DVD and the Blu-ray later. Um, but I haven't seen it since 
probably 2006 when that DVD came around. And I, I've got to say, I still love it now to this day. I did like love it then. And I think it's still really unique. Um, nobody's... It's not like... You know, because it is quite a stylistic mm-hmm. film. It's not like everybody's copied it, even to this day. I don't can't recall other films like it. I mean, there was the film called The Spirit, which I haven't seen. Which is like a comic book. We also saw that other one that was all black and white, comic booky looking, but real life. Yo, the one with Daniel Craig, Renaissance. Yes, yeah, yeah. 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 That that's the closest I can think yeah. to it. That was really good. It was good. Um Oh, that should have been on Okay. I'll add that to my you know. Yeah. But that was a full on <laughs> animation, even though Daniel Craig was in it. It wasn't like this, where this is live True. action. True. I'm just saying like the, the style, I, you know, the style over substance just a little but bit. But I, I, you know, Sin City such, then, in, in 2005 when we saw it, it was, it blew me away because I'd never seen anything quite like it. And it really is like a comic book mm-hmm. come to life. But, you know, the most adult comic book you've ever read. It's not, you know. Yeah. And it was before the big comic book craze of movies too, wasn't it really? Like a Spider-Man and stuff was just starting off, you know. The, like now we have superhero sure and comic book stuff all every seems every summer now. I think this was right at the beginning of that, wasn't it? I don't think this set that in motion because this isn't anything like it. No, I'm else. not saying that. I'm right. saying this was be you know, before like now like this year we had Watchmen for instance, which is an Correct. adult comic brought to the screen. And since it is not a comic book, it is a graphic novel. There's a difference. Look it up. What's the difference? Don't look at me with that weird. There's a day. Ask a graphic <clears throat> novelist and ask a comic book writer, and they'll tell you. I don't know what it is, but I'm telling you, there's a difference. Yeah, I'm not a comic fan in any. Well, I am. I like comics. I think you'd be more of a graphic com- novel fan because there's more. There's more to it. Yeah. Than just like, and also, it's pretty much wrapped up in that book. I think. Now, going off topic here, when you just said I might be a fan of graphic novels, I ha- we have not seen the new Watchmen movie yet, but I did read the Watchmen graphic novel. And I was thinking the other day, I might buy the Watchmen graphic novel again to read it again, because I remember how good it was. And I've still not seen this movie. We'll see the movie when it comes we to We read um, My Cancer Year, or Our Cancer Year. That was yeah. a graphic novel about um, that guy, <laughs> comic guy. Harvey. Yes. The guy who American Splendor was based on. Exactly. Um, really good. Harvey Peacock? Pe- Peacock? I think you're Peacock. Right. Pe- yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, that's going off topic. They're the comic books we know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I can see her and. Watchmen. I don't think we count as comic book nerds or anything like that. But I. Um, Sin City, I, I'm still in love with it. I. I you know, it's, it's not the deepest of a movie. It's, the, the story's not really. You know, it's, it's quite very basic, and what basic. I get from it is this idealized, testosterone-based. Ma- I mean, it's written by a man, admittedly saying he wanted to write stories about things he wanted to see, and in a world where, like, we live in our world, you and I live in a certain way. We don't have the. Um, how do I want to say this? It's kind of like a throwback to old school men protecting women and vengeance and revenge for death and and this like broken down people really broken down and that they're going to go out in a blaze of glory defending the right and the good and the just while they themselves are of course the anti-hero now it's all wrapped up in there 
And it is kind so of... So it's really... Like like you say, old-fashioned. Like yeah. A, like a Western or a old like crime movie. Like Yeah, but in a wanting way, almost as if people want that sort of life. And there are people who have that weird attitude of like, <laughs> you know, you do me wrong and I'll bring you down. You know, like, that, I guess that goes on in the world. Obviously, that's why wars happen and stuff, but... Well, it's that, to me. But t- tuned up to, like, this. Because in this movie, the people who are completely unscrupulous and horrible, you want them to get there. You don't want somebody to put them in cuffs and take them off and put them in court. You want somebody to rip their head off. You know what I mean? So it is a basic and it's, thing. And it's also... It must the, be something in us, you know? And it's also the city's a big character. Like, like the the politicians and the higher-ups of the city are... Like, it has corrupted everybody. Yeah, like, yeah. they're all contained in this place where it just is... There is no... There's no goodness. There's nobody living a good... There's no, like, little families Everybody's on the corner. Everybody's fighting to Yeah, survive. it's all prostitute, murder, cannibalism, uh, corrupt politics, corrupt church. All of that. Corrupt... I was going to say corrupt government. I, That's I, the politician. Yeah, ev- everything is. Corrupt. He says he can he can make anything happen. Yeah. So you got to assume that. So um, now stylistically, how it looks, I really like it because um, we'll have to explain if somebody's not seen it. It's mostly filmed in black and white, and it's mostly a green screen film. So every the way uh, to describe it is: go get the graphic novel, and you will be looking at the movie <clears> because he tried desperately. I think because he succeeded. Frank, not just yeah, because Frank Miller was there with him. They wanted shot for shot to look like panels from the graphic novel, and it and, does. And it's mostly in black and white. Yeah, he uses color where it's needed, such as like blood and. Sometimes I really liked this. There's a scene. <clears throat> this, this, you know, most guys are going to remember this scene, but the scene where you first meet um, Nancy dancing in the bar. Um. Now, it's been black and white up to that point. And when you get into that bar, there's a a colour to yeah. that bar that's just coming from the walls, kind of. It's like a red, kind of warmish colour. And it just... Correct. Because you've not seen much colour to that point. It really... It, it gets me. Like, totally. It, I know, noticed it this time, like, whoa, yeah. we're going into Wizard of Oz territory here. Yeah, all yeah. Because he, he's black and white. He goes through the door, and then you get the remnant of skin tone, but it still flashes. And I see it as, like, the bar is giving off that colour, because it's like a... Lively. Yeah, you know. And there are scenes like, you know, there's obviously scenes where there's blood on people's faces and it shows up. And we'll talk about later how it was all done. It's interesting how it was done. But I really like the look. Um, <clears throat> we just watched it on Blu-ray. I've got to say it really looks good in high definition. It's like that kind of movie where everything's a close-up of somebody's face mm-hmm. almost. Like if somebody's talking, they're in the face. And it's graphic art, so you get lots of hard shapes and lines and, and composition. So Lots of good lighting, too. Shadowy. Yeah. Um, Not what, shadowy. You get black and white. Yeah. You know, like. One particular scene I really f- thought looked good on Blu-ray is... It's, it's not really a mega scene or anything, but it just looked good. And they were taking Bruce Willis's character. He was walking through, like, the old... It's like a warehouse or the... Mm-hmm. And he, to meet his lawyer going up them steps and there was all shafts yeah. of light coming through them. And they were, that looked really good. Like, they were really there. And then when you see how it's made, there's nothing like <laughs> it. You know, it, it, so... To me, things like that, it's... You know, it always... And we... We'll talk about in the extras this yeah. some amazing things to me that I can't even 
that you would never have guessed. Should we tell people? I guess yeah, it doesn't really matter now. Yeah, because you know it's way after the fact, and it doesn't matter why you're watching it. Now, one thing I have I have to say about the style, it is style over substance. I mean, it really is. It totally is yeah. because once you're on the ride of the story, you know where each one's going. I mean, we watched this time with the four little separate ones. If you watch the movie as a whole, you still know. Oh yeah, let's ex- let's going. explain this. This Blu-ray disc comes with two versions of the movie: theatrical cut, where you get all the stories together, or the recut version, which is them all separated into four different sections, four different separate little movies with credits and ending sequences on them. And I have to say that I prefer it as a movie. All together with the sort of like time, a little bit of time jumping, not much, because you, because the stories are running. Yeah, it's parallel. not like Pulp Fiction. No, no, but I mean, as you're watching the movie cut all together, you get you get in the in the flow of oh right, this has happened and that did happen, and this isn't happening. This is happening parallel to this, and everything ties together. You got people's lives crisscrossing, and you see them in the scene together, but they're not important in that scene or whatever. Although I would like to take the movie as a whole, but put in it the parts that they put back in the four separate movies. Yeah, I would like you know what to I'm see saying? that too. Like, <coughs> leave me. it as a theatrical version and plunk back in those bits. Because they do add to, particularly the parole officer lady, the lawyer, yeah. adds a bit of importance to her. Whereas before she was just pretty hardcore. She's naked and she's afraid and then she's... <laughs> but I like... The few of the little scenes, Marv with his mother, that kind of stuff. I want that back in the movie, but I want it put all back together. I didn't like... It really broke it up for me to watch one thing and then have to wait for the credits and then watch another thing. Not that we waited. We fast-forwarded the No, but it still breaks you completely out of the story. And then when you go back in, you... And it also made it seem shorter and disjointed. I would, um... Yeah, as I say earlier, I would suggest, if you've not seen Sin City before, watch the theatrical cut. If you have seen City before, seen it before, but not seen the recut versions, watch the recut versions. But like I just said to you, if I was to watch it again now, I would prefer to watch the theatrical. Yeah, cut. totally. But with that new stuff in it, yeah, is, <laughs> we can't have that. Can you do that too? Like, well, he's already put the, the other, one of the other extras is the movie all in green screen, like mm-hmm. without any special effects. So you've already got two whole versions. Well, no, you've got four because you've got the three commentaries, the green screen version. Oh, five. And you've got the version that's cut up into four pieces and the theatrical. So he's given you five versions of the movie already. Yeah, so. <coughs> so, you know. Um, well, that the green screen version of the movie is sped up, though. Yeah, but still, so it's all on you see it in 12 minutes. Um, so, yeah, it's. I, I still think it holds up to this day. I mean, it's only four years old. But I think it can be watched as a new... If you've not seen this movie, I don't think it seems dated in no. any way. I think, you know, it's cutting-edge stuff. Um, Rodriguez is always ahead of his time, I think. Um, but, yeah, the weak part for me, and the only weak part for me, and this is not saying anything bad about Frank Miller, because I believe he's a very talented individual who writes graphic novels. I think the story's quite shallow, and that's all. I mean, because... Style over substance, like you say. But it, that doesn't mean it's bad. I actually really love it. It's shallow as in the people are caricatures, as he means Which them is to supposed be. to be. I, you know, it's very the, faithful. There's the, you know, the hard, hardcore prostitutes who run part of town and they're violent and defensive and super, you know, stylized. And then there's, like, the psychotic cop 
who was just an absolute asshole. And then, you know, everybody's got, like, their whole story is wrapped up within two seconds of you hear her say, like, he, you know, he slugs me. Well, then you know he's an asshole. Then, what's his name, Clive? um, Owen. He says, you know, whatever he says, and I'm a... I'm a psychopath, or I'm a I'm crazy, or something. Then you're like, okay, he's the <laughs> he's the uh, mentalist of the group, and you know everyone's pretty <coughs> two dimensional. Now, out of the four movies here, which do you like the best? I, I mean, it is one think... movie, but I mean the way we watched it in the four little pieces. Yeah, I think. Um, I think actually the Bruce Willis one is my favorite. Now, my favourite, and it always has been, is the Marv one. And my least favourite is the Josh Harnett one. But yeah, I don't... that's not really... See, the thing about that, sticking it on there as its own thing, isn't a thing. It is the bookends of the movie to tell you, and it's part of the narrative of the beginning and end of the story. And about the, the city as a it whole. Does have the, it does give you a vibe. I mean, it works on its own... As well. I don't think it's fair to say that's your least favourite, because it's not even a thing of its own. I don't, All right, I then, out of the three... I mean, you can say that, I'm just saying I disagree. I'm saying out of the three, anyway. The big ones. Marv is my favourite one, which is the uh, Mickey Rock one. I just think that one's really good. It's good, except that chin makes me want to just rip it off his face. It just no, distracts it. me like crazy. I love it. I think, I think it was so his well done. His nose is perfect, but that chin just... Ugh. Um, and my second favourite one is the Prostitutes one, and my third favourite is the... Prostitute is my least favorite. Um, so Bruce Willis. See, I really Martin, like that prostitute one. I, I I love the ninja girl. I I I love the whole idea of them taking back the. You know I, I like the and I like Clive Owen's character. He's, I think I don't yeah. like it because I don't like Rosaria Dawson. No. And it really kind of when I see her, I'm, I mean she's if she never spoke, I'd be like yeah, excellent. She's on a really excellent outfit. Yeah, leather I was, strap I was thinking, I've not, seen, I've not seen the outfit but in Halloween. But she's just <laughs> too much. A couple of people didn't act great. Or maybe they did and it just was forced. I don't know. I didn't really like a couple of the... I don't like Brittany Murphy either at all, so... Hmm. She was okay. You know? You bad, you bad. I mean, she just sort of... What was that? Does. <laughs> when she's like... You sheets of Egyptian it. cotton. You bastard. Was that Sheets of Egyptian cotton? Yeah, was that's that her. Sheets of Egyptian cotton. Oh, don't play that in people's minds. What was that? Uh, Uptown Girls. It was horrible. <laughs> I'm sorry that I know. I was thinking sheets of, sheets of Egyptian cotton while I was making the bed and stuff for about a week later. And I was like, what the hell? <laughs> oh my God, that was a bad movie. And that's not why I don't like her. I didn't like her in this because her... Who she is, how she does her thing, it just doesn't fit to me. It's not as good and quality, but that's on to the cast. We can skip her now when we get to the cast. Yeah, um, okay. We'll move on to the cast. Uh, so this is quite a cast. There's a lot of people in this movie. So I am put down the ones, well, the main ones. Jessica Alba as Nancy Callahan. Holy God. <laughs> she's a little pouty for me. She's but very she's good our... for the boys. Great. She- well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying. That I mean, that's got to be one of the best. Um, she whatever. just dances for like 10 seconds. Yeah, but like she's just like... The, the way and then the rest of the time she's just pouty and like close-ups. Well, uh, Robert Rodriguez knows how to film her then, or something. Because she looks spot on. I mean, it's, it's similar to Salma Hayek in um, Dust Till Dawn. <clears throat> you know, she, she plays the sexy uh, dancer. For like two seconds. Well, not for two seconds, for about... Two, three minutes? Maybe. Maybe. But what I'm saying is it's filmed in that way, that real sexy, 
he has an eye for that, doesn't he? You know, and Grindhouse, the beginning of Grindhouse with yep. um, Pegleg. Pegleg. <laughs> so yeah, Jessica Alba. She doesn't do a lot in it acting wise, but holy cow, is all I can say. Um, I think I like her best at the one part when she's been drugged, and she actually does that really well. And I, I'm not being funny. I'm saying that's one of my best. I thought she. And I don't know what to say, but that part was she didn't speak much. Nice. I don't mind it when she. I don't mind her. I, I, I actually. Just, I think she's fine. I like her. She does a lot better than Brittany Murphy. That's for hundred percent sure. And then there's the second person I want to mention was Devin Ayaki as Miho. Mm-hmm. Um, she's, you know, you probably she's seen, awesome. You'll have seen her in Fast and the Furious too. She was one of the girl races, but um, I, that character Miho, I love that character. It's straight out of an anime. It's like, she's a ninja prostitute, right? Is she a prostitute? Is she a ninja? She's not a ninja. She's just wicked with the sword, man. Yeah, she's like a kill bill. Ninjas don't of. use swords. <laughs> Ninjas use swords. Nin- Do they? They yeah. just use the fling. Samurai swords. That's samurai. Samurai use swords. Ninjas... No, nin- Ninjas she, has, she has a swastika ninja star I know. that she throws. That's weird. Yeah, but, you know, she. I just love the character. I, I mean... She's just cool, and I like I like the interaction between her and Clive Owen. She never he, speaks. No, how they just can look at each other, and you know he gets her. Um, so yeah, this and then there's Rosaria Dawson, who you're going to say you don't like. I really as, don't. As I've gay. tried in lots of <clears throat> different things. Twenty fifth hour is about the only thing I can really think of that I. And if I went back and watched it now, I could be tainted because I actually didn't like her much in Clerks Two, and I'm no. a Kevin Smith fan, and I. No, I didn't at all. I thought she was the wrong choice for the girl in Clerks 2, to be honest. I didn't I didn't buy her at all. There's a cockiness about her that I can't explain. That because other people pull her upper ass all the time about her being Rosario Dawson. I just get... I don't know why. She's but super beautiful. She's go... Absolutely. When Particularly, like, a lot of the people in this movie, because you get a lot of close-ups. And it's HD. And it's got the weird makeup. You get a lot of cockiness. You see, like, every... Mm. But her skin is Powers perfect. Yeah, thinking, exactly. Wow. All of them, actually. <laughs> Even Clive, all of them. But her, she's perfect. Her lips are perfect. She's gorgeous. And when I've seen her in interviews, I like her. I just I never like to see her in movies. I just don't know what it is. So talking of pockmarks, Benicio Del Toro <laughs> <laughs> as Jackie Boy. He's good. I mean, oh, whatever I he's doing. I don't like that character at all. I'm, no, I'm not talking about the character. I'm talking about Benicio Del Toro. They're interviewing him in the extras. And I swear to God, he's just being Jackie Boy, even though he doesn't need to be. I disagree. I think he just is that way. Do you think? <laughs> yeah. Like a, I don't know. Too much mumbling. I don't know. He's mumbling and this guy that rubbling. I liked him in the movie. I didn't like the Quentin Tarantino scene. I'm sorry. I didn't like it the first time I saw it, and this time it was like torture having to wait for it to be over again. And I don't. I didn't even know it was oh, Quentin Oh, Rosario Dawson, um, Grindhouse. Death yeah. Proof. She's in that too. I actually liked her in that, to be honest. Um, same thing though. Again, she had that weird, too cool for school girl thing. Then we got Michael <clears throat> Michael Clark Duncan as Manute. Not much. Uh, it's got Could have been eye. anybody. Could have been anybody. Yeah, Josh Hanna as the man. Uh, this is just—he's only in it for what three minutes. He's top. an assassin. Yeah, uh, Michael Madsen as Bob. He's in it a very short time too. I just really like Michael Madsen. I don't know what it is about. And him. I don't. And I really. There's a lot of people in this movie I don't like. Since Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> I just... I mean, yeah, Michael Madsen's done his share of crappy movies. So you like movies. him from Reservoir Dogs. Does that make you a psychopath? I think I'm I right. like him in Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> yeah, I really do. Um, and I, Kill Bill 2. Yeah. 
I, I just like him. Um, but yeah, I've also seen movies on HBO at three in the morning with Michael Madsen in that I'm ashamed to have even watched, you know? So he's he's done a lot of... He's done some good stuff. Huh? He, has he puts me in mind of that Tom guy that I said before. He's very much like that guy. Yeah. The Tom Sizemore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in the level of quality sometimes. <laughs> Sizemore can be good. Oh, yeah. Natural Born Killers, Sizemore, fantastic. Uh, do you remember Jack? He plays Jack Scagnetti, the yes. guy. The, yeah, the, yeah, Ugh, really yeah. good. But then other films you watch and you're like, "Wow, this guy's a sleazebag." I don't, I just can't get him at all. But there he was in True Romance, wasn't he too? Was he a cop in True Romance? Was that my imagination? Might be my imagination. It might be. I cannot possibly that. Was seen he that a cop like in Jackie times. Brown? Oh, I have to look him up. Maybe. Um, but yeah, he's in it. Brittany Murphy, you're going to say you don't like that one. I'm not 100% on that one either. Sheets of Egyptian Cotton. She has a couple of moments in this where I like, where she's standing there and the men are all walking past and she's just holding the knife straight out in front of her. Like, I like that, but she never, you know, I don't know. I didn't really. Uh, There's not really she much. She did too to... much to ham up the the comic damsel in distress. That's thing. what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah. There's a good scene there where um, Benicio gets his head flushed in the uh, mm-hmm. toilet. And then somebody gets their head flushed in a toilet in another scene, and there's a turd. Yeah, it's all floating. very basic. There's a turd. It's all very basic, there. isn't it? Yeah. Really? Yeah, there's, yeah, toilet flushing, uh, castration. I'm telling you, hot ninjas. chicks. No, not ninjas. You know, people chopping each other up. Samurai open. ninja, we'll call her. <laughs> yeah. She chops people up for a living. Um, we've got, now, here's a good one. Uh, well, Clive Owen is Dwight. I actually think he's really good in it. I, I do like Clive Owen. I do a lot. too. You know, Children of Men. One if of my he were favorites. knocking on the door right now, you know, I'm just. I also think I'm he can be. I think I don't know if he's a great actor or, but he chooses his roles right. He's got something. an intensity that kind of overrides maybe the quality of what he's doing, and mm. I maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. But when I watch him, I am intrigued every time. Yeah, good. Uh, and then another one. Has he ever been in something funny or lighthearted? Not that I know of. No, not that I can think of. It's usually pretty serious, isn't it? Of action-packed. Um, and now, here's the thing. You know, everybody's going on, like, this year about how Mickey Rock's a genius and it's his comeback and everything. I think people forgot about him totally. in this movie. Because, like, may- maybe he's had a break for a few years, but he's as good in this movie as he is in The Wrestler. I mean, it's like a um, hard... I disagree, but... Well, well, I think it's a hard... This, his role as Marv... I think it's one of the most complicated characters in there. And I not, agree with there's that. not very complex characters in this, and his is. Like, I agree with that. Um, so, yeah, Mickey Rock. Um, but, I mean, he is covered in prosthetics, and a lot of his scenes are him moving through a graphic scene and not so much about him doing it, you know? Uh, there's a lot of voiceover where you hear. I, well, he, I like He has a real too. good voice for a. That voice just rips through, like that soundtrack when he's speaking over the top. Mm-hmm. It's like when I was playing Chronicles of Riddick and I said to you, Vin Diesel's got the best voice ever. No, I think Mickey Rock has, actually. It was good. He's like, I can't even do it. It's too... And then there's uh, Bruce Willis as Hearty Gun. Um, it's Bruce Willis doing Bruce Willis. Yeah, but I liked it. I liked him the first time. I liked him this he's time. He's just a real weathered... In fact, it reminds me of the cop from The Blocks one. What was that? Yep, 16, 16 Blocks. blocks. That it reminds me of that weathered, beaten down... Same thing. Very close similar to retirement. Yeah. 
I, I liked him. I mean, but I'm a fan, I think. And now my favorite buddy. I'm a secret fan of Bruce Willis. No, I, I, I am a fan of him. I, I, I really like him. Um, my favorite role of him is the boxer in Pulp Fiction. I just love mm-hmm. it. Um, and now my favorite buddy in the entire piece is Elijah Wood, who plays Kevin. That's the creepiest motherfucker you've ever seen. Right? Oh my god! Ooh, we went to the big twelve-letter word. That's creepy, though, isn't it? That it's like the the leather jacket he goes on reminds me of Charlie Brown. Of course. The weird glasses that kind of take on their own. Sometimes you can't see his eyes. Sometimes you can. And just that weird. I don't want to spoil it because stealthiness are, and yeah, he does this weird fighting that you have no idea. How you would fight That's somebody? That's not really just, attributed to Elijah Wood, I don't think. I well, think could have been I just anywhere. mean the character. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's attributed oh, okay. to Elijah Wood, okay. but that character, Kevin, what I don't want to spoil it, but what he's doing and the whole—you don't really see it, but the whole idea of what he's up to is so damn creepy to me. It's like really weird. Yeah, and. I think my problem when is get, I don't get an explanation <clears throat> fully of it. Well, I so. think he's just a nut. But when it's he's true, <laughs> when he's getting his uh, comeuppance, for instance, and he has no nothing. I like that. That it just creeps me out because he's like, oh, really? Ah. <laughs> so I think I'm immune to that kind of creeping out. No, he's. It's just I just like the idea of the whole, just some weird, unexplainable. Freak. Yeah. <laughs> Like a well, he calls him a Marv calls him a freak, and Marv's you know not exactly true. So, this is directed by Robert Rodriguez. What about the Yellow Bastard? Oh yeah, I didn't mention him. No, uh, he's good. I like Stahl. Him. What's he called? Yeah, I don't know his first name. Nick Stahl. Nick Stahl. And he's the guy who played John Connor. Junior. Oh yeah. In Terminator Three, that guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think really he good. brought a lot. I mean, that character is obviously just over the top. Like a, become a creature almost you know, because of circumstances where he's all yellow and weird and distorted, and yet he's even creepier because he actually gives it a good, you know. Ugh, ugh. Yeah, it is good, and he and he doesn't. It isn't campy or in fact character or like a character. It's like a. Ugh, like, it's one of those things. I felt where... more threatened by him than any of the other bad guys. So yeah, mine was Elijah Wood, but this Nick Style guy. You wouldn't even know it was him at all. You could be anybody. In, Not like, true. You see him in the beginning. And yes, he, yes, you do. But what I'm saying is, if if you um, was watching just the yellow a, a clip with the yellow bastard in it, you wouldn't know who it was. But you'd be thinking, "Wow, that guy's good." Not unless you know his teeth, because <clears throat> he got some distinctive uh, teeth on him. Yeah. yeah <laughs> so. Uh, so this is directed by Robert Rodriguez, who we all know is uh, familiar and with, and Frank Miller. He did the Spy Kids movies. Um, this is Robert Rodriguez. Spy Kids movies. Planet Terror, which is right over The Desperado trilogy. Planet Terror. Well, Grindhouse. One half of Grindhouse. Um, what else did he do? Spy Kids 2 and 3. <laughs> he likes doing trilogies. Uh, Dust Till Dawn. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah. Don't, di- don't dismiss Dust Till Dawn. It's a classic. And then Frank Miller helped him direct it, and so did Quentin Tarantino. Um, Quentin just did a little part, and... Frank Miller helped him throughout the whole thing to give it the look it needed, and um, I I really admire Robert Rodriguez. I think he is, you know, he's not an independent filmmaker. He seems but unique, a, though. He does. Like he handles. It seems like he ha- it's like his project, 
when he says he has, he just developed his own special effects company, that's because he wants to have his hands on it. Then he will farm some of it out, but only if they can't. Only if they know they can do it. If they know they have to do it themselves, like he and his Troublemaker Studios, they'll just do it themselves. He writes it, right? Except for this, obviously. But he worked on the screenplay, directs it, edits it, all of that himself. Works on with the special effects, cooks the food, yeah. <laughs> writes the music, does the music score. So I think he's an all rounder. He's all right. He is, and everything we've seen by he's him is quite cute. And, and everything we've seen by him is. Um... You know, you get that vibe that he likes to cut corners, money-wise, but it doesn't have a show. No, it gives you the experience. <clears throat> like, yeah. I mean, Spike Kid doesn't look fantastic all the time. You no. feel the it's cheapness CG'd a little up. bit. Yeah, yeah. But the experience overall, he crams a lot of stuff into his movies. Planet Terror, even, you know, all of them just... And it's all fantasy, like over the top, all of it. Yeah. Like he's a kid in his mind. He's I like that. Yeah, and uh I put yeah, DVD extras. So this is the Blu-ray version. This is where I'll tell you about this. Um so What we should say about the direction of the movie. He didn't want it to be a, Ro- a Rodriguez movie, says he. Yes. He wanted it to be Frank Miller's Sin City. So he wasn't trying to make it look like something he did. He wanted it to mimic the the novel itself. So you're not looking at this movie going, oh yeah, that's definitely him. It's He's taking pages right out of the graphic novel. And he also seems interested in like working on techniques in filmmaking yeah, that, that will push forward these special effects and stuff. Things that have never been done before to get the effect that he wants. So I think that's cool too. So this is the uh, Blu-ray edition of... You weren't actually listening to anything I just said, right? You were just looking at the box and reading the box and waiting for no. me to stop talking. So this is the uh, <laughs> Blu-ray edition of Sin City and I also bought the DVD like I said earlier. Um, and I was, you know, so usually when I get a Blu-ray I might get rid of the DVD because I don't need two versions of one movie when I've got but I was saying to you, like, the DVD version came with the comic book. Correct. Uh, graphic novel. <clears throat> yeah. Um, well, it's not the whole Sin City. It's, um... Is it like storyboard from the movie, then? Just no, the it's, it's actually the Frank Miller's comic book, uh, graphic novel of The Hard Goodbye, which is a different story. Okay, just The Hard Goodbye. Yeah, yeah. But it's the whole story. That's Frank's story. I mean, uh, Marvin's story. Ma- the Hard Goodbye. That's Marvin. Yeah, it is. Which is my favorite story. Did you not realize that's what it was? Yeah. Oh, yeah, because that... And I just saw a scene from the movie. Look. That's Marvin Riley. Yep, where she's standing at the... Yeah. Naked at the... Um, See, so, I like that chick. We so didn't talk got, about her. we got to go back a little so bit. You, the mother from Spy Kids, and she's also from Son-in-Law. She plays a lawyer slash probation officer in this movie. I really liked her. I don't know her name. It's like Jigani or... G, um, I forget her last name. But I really liked her. The mother from Spy Kids. She does an excellent job, and she's got an unbelievable figure. Behind. All of her. She's just gorgeous. And I like <clears> listening <throat> to her, and, and she does a good job, so. But anyway, this... <laughs> Again. Yeah, well, you just keep digressing, and I just want to talk about this DVD a bit. <laughs> um, this DVD, the DVD that came out three, four years ago, comes with the... This is the actual real graphic novel, 1795, it says on the back. Nice. So that's that, a good extra. That's a graphic novel for you. It comes with it. And um, you get, you also get... This is the DVD we're talking about here, not the <clears throat> Blu-ray, not the new And version. you also get 
two discs like you do with the Blu-ray, and it has everything that the Blu-ray has, apart from a couple of things. So, I don't think I'd get rid of this DVD because it's such a nice set as well. You know, it's like a digi pack with, um, with the book and a nice case. But anyway, that's not what we're reviewing today. I just thought I'd dig it out to compare. This probably costs more than this, though. Now, probably because <laughs> it's out of print. But anyway, the. The Blu-ray edition comes with two discs. The first disc um, is the restored theatrical version of the movie. Now, restored meaning it's high definition. And it really does look good, I've got to admit. It's one of the movies I was looking forward to seeing in high definition because it's such a stylized movie. It works. Um, Now, the first disc has a commentary with Robert Rodriguez and Frank Miller. Also a commentary with Robert Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino. And also the audience reaction track from Austin, Austin, Texas, which we listened to a little bit of. And when I was, when we say we don't really go to the theater because we hate it when people start talking, well, you can recreate that. Oh yeah, they experience. cheer and they're talking and laughing out loud. It's so. Obnoxious. But what we did think was funny. We were watching. <laughs> That's the, why we built the home theater. We were watching the title sequence, and when people's names come up, yeah. some people get really a lot of applause, and some people don't. It's get, like Bruce Willis. Woo! And then the chick from Spy Kids, and I was like, yeah. Uh, it's awful. Know. You wouldn't yeah. want to be listening to that, would you? Because it's like, <laughs> you know, the audience reaction wins you some money. Whoever gets highest on the clap gauge or something. Clap gauge. Clap all no. butter. Now, disc two uh, features the recut extended unrated version, which is what we watched, plus a whole heap of extras. Now, Blu-ray exclusive um, extras are the interactive comic book of Kill 'em Good. Now, it's well done, but like almost impossible to play in the dark with your remote control. I, d- I did play the beginning part, and let me explain what it is. If you remember the old arcade game, Dragon's Lair, the Laserdisc game from the 70s, it's that game, but Sin City version of it. So you press left or right when, and at the appropriate moment, moment, and you either, something happens or something doesn't. That's basically it. Um, if you do it wrong, you start over. Yeah. Well, you know, I find it completely pointless, so I can't even pretend. I think, why did anyone waste their time doing this? All they, a better thing would have been to make um, a daily diary of behind the scenes, fly on the wall of the movie, put that on, put the effort into that. This has absolutely no value to me whatsoever. In fact, let me say that that is the only new thing on this <laughs> disc. So everything is on that DVD that's on here, apart from that. Mm. So the other things are. So you don't get the novel. No. <laughs> but you do get the high-definition version. So, True. wouldn't it be nice to have this in that box? I'll just take this disc. I was going to say, I can, I can take care of that for yeah. you. Right, so, the other the other, the other features, which are nice, they're on both, is um, Rodriguez's special features. First off, the 15-minute film school, which is something that he always does on it, all his DVDs. He takes you on a director's quick journey of how things are done and how things are done, really, in, yeah. in that particular movie. Like, because there's one on Spy Kids, there's And this one on... is when you want to talk about how they put these scenes together in this movie, which we had no clue. No, and there's... Yeah, this is the amazing part of this. There's lots of scenes in this movie where the actors never even met each other. And they're in the scene together. Jessica Alba and um, Bruce Willis. They had to be together. They kissed. Yeah. It was uh, Marvin. Marvin, Jessica Alba. There's a scene where the Yeah, they never... S- yeah, there's, there's several scenes where you're like, really, they didn't meet each other because that that's... 
And in the bar, when like you see Jessica Alba dancing, and then Brittany Murphy serving drinks, and Clive Owens in the booth. No, they're all filmed like months and months apart, and yet she serves drink to him, and there she is dancing, and and you know. You wouldn't never. You would never know. That might happen in loads of movies, and we don't even know it. But he exposes all that, which I like. He's kind of like the magician who tells you all of his tricks. You know? Yeah. So yeah, that's a fifteen-minute film school. It's, if you're into film in any way, it's very interesting because he breaks it down really quickly. It doesn't go into lengthy detail, but it's all little snippets where you go, "Wow, wow, wow, wow!" wow. And he ends up always, every time, inspiring by kids and says to you. This is nothing you cannot do at home. You can buy your a cheap camera. You can use your laptop. Sometimes that software that's on your laptop when you buy it, it's right there. You can do all this and more. So just go out there and do it. I think that's his motivation to inspire people to make their own movies. So and then secondly on this disc, there's the all green screen version, which <laughs> is he wanted to show you how little there was to work with. Like it's just actors on a green screen the whole movie. Um, so what they do is they speed the movie up it lasts 11 minutes so the whole movie in 11 minutes but green screen version Um, then there's the long take which is an extended Quentin Tarantino um, scene the scene that he directed but longer Um, if you're a fan of Tarantino you know you'll you'll dig it Um, would you? because it doesn't really have anything to do with them other than you know that he directed it well you know alright if you're a completist who collects Tarantino (laughs) right it's something that he did um there's Sin City Live in Concert, which is Robert Rodriguez playing his instruments to to the crowd at an opening night. Huh. Wait, I've, I didn't, we didn't see that this time, but I saw it off that DVD. Um, <clears throat> then there's the 10-minute cooking school, which is a new thing for this one, because he didn't do the cooking school in previous... It's just something... He cooks some breakfast tacos. It's awesome. Shit. Oh, my God. He even makes the tortillas himself. Oh my god, I want to make that so bad. Honestly, it looked fantastic. It's like chopped up potatoes, fried, and then egg, and some jalapeno so, pepper, and homemade tortillas, and then he puts it all in there together. Oh my god. I was going to say, if you think like Robert Rodriguez is talented filmmaker, he's actually <laughs> a talented chef as well, because he, when he's cooking... I don't know if he's a chef, he's just cooking. Well, what I'm saying is, to me, it looks like he's got expertise. Everything He doesn't fumble around, he just does it. No, but that's just from learning, it, isn't it? It's he looks make- like he's made that a, a thousand sure. times, is what I'm saying. He, he learned it from his grandma. Yep. Um, and then there's the how it went down, convincing Frank Miller to make the film, which is an interesting shot of how they schmoozed him. Convinced him by making the Josh Hart... What do I keep forgetting his name? Josh Hartnett. Hartnett scene. They went ahead and made the whole scene, like, without permission or anything from Frank Miller. Took that to him. Showed him what they wanted the movie to look like, plus some other things he had been doing, like with uh, CGI or whatever. Digital storyboards. And then he... I think because Rodriguez wanted to make it just like the graphic novel, that's what sold him on it. Because he didn't want it to be, like, changed at all, you know? I would think the hardest part of that process was getting the stories, because they're separate things. Four separate stories written by him. But to get them into one... You had to redo some stuff, I imagine. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. I... You mean, what do you mean, like, redo? Like, if you read that graphic novel that came with the DVD, that's one. That's more of a story, right? Then another book is going to be Clive Owen's story, and another book is going to be Bruce Willis's story. Then to turn them into a, like a, like a story that makes sense together in a world, in the crisscrossing, oh, you yeah, know, yeah. 
I know. You I know. mean, all the stories take place in Sin City, obviously, but to pick three of them and then put them together, and so that took some doing, I'm sure. And then there's special guest director Quentin Tarantino, which is a, it's a behind the scenes thing with Rodriguez and Tarantino, and how Tarantino got to be involved in directing a scene, and Rodriguez kind of like pushing him to do it because Tarantino's kind of I don't like this digital thing, and then. Yeah. Rodriguez is all over it, and then he did end up enjoying doing it, you know. And like you say, you didn't you didn't like the scene. Um, I didn't. I don't. I don't like. I find it the least compelling of the entire movie because it bores me, and I don't like the Del Toro the thing with the and the. He does have a Pez head at that point. Not really. It's just a little slit. It's not even a Pez head. So that's that again. That doesn't fit with you know. So no, I didn't love it. And when you said Quentin Tarantino did a scene, I was like, that's the one? <laughs> that is the one. Um, and then there is a hard top with a decent engine, the cars of Sin City, which gives you a rundown of the car. There are quite a few cars in this movie, real nice cars too. There's a Ferrari, there's some nice 50s cars. So if you're into the cars, there's a seat, there's a thing on the cars. Then there's booze, broads and guns, the props of Sin City, which shows you exactly yeah. that. And then there's Making the Monsters, the special effects makeup, which really is an interesting, especially um, showing them putting on Mickey Rock's makeup. Looks Always looks excruciatingly... Boring. Sweaty to me as well. <laughs> like, if you had that stuff on, it would be horrible all day, you know? It's got to be, hasn't it? With lights on you and sweat. Yeah, plus then you have to act. You have to do your yeah. thing. And then there's uh, Making the Monsters special effects maker, which I just mentioned. <laughs> oh, then, two of those. And then there's, yeah, you get two for the price of one. Then there's Trench Coats and Fishnets, the costumes of Sin City, which is the obligatory costume Gross. featurette. And then there's the teaser and the theatrical trailer. And then there's uh, Picture in Picture, comment- you know, on the commentary on the first disc, there's also Picture in Picture, which is exclusive to Blu ray because you can't do it on DVD. So that's the second thing that you've got on Blu ray. Yeah, you there's two things there's Cine Explore, Picture in Picture, and that interactive comic book. So overall, it's packed, I think. And Robert Rodriguez does always do a good job, I think, of extras on DVDs. I, I, I think he's actually interested in giving his fans something worth it to, you know. And um, is it $12? No. 15? <laughs> no. It's more like 22. 16.50? 22.50. You could probably pick this up for 22 right now. Um, it's a good replacement for the DVD in terms of picture quality and sound. Obviously, it's all it's better. But And the two extras that are new to the Blu-ray, they're not mega. It's not... We've got both. And there's no online. There was no... No, there is no BD Live on this disc at all, actually. Hmm. Interesting. It doesn't even... But there is D-Box motion code. <laughs> Interesting. There's a couple of car chases, or one car chase. So, yeah, you know, if you're, the, if you're a fan, I, I, and if you've already bought the, the Sin City DVD, I wouldn't throw it out. I'd keep them both, because, you know, it, it makes me wonder. Blu-ray discs, you know, they're better, in, you know, technically. But we never get, like, a nice collector's set. It's always just... It's because they want to convince you with the bullshit story that how expensive it is to make them so they don't want to invest anymore so that you'll pay full dollar for a stupid disc when there's no reason to. Full dollar. (laughs) (laughs) So um, that's the DVD extras. Conclusion for me is that I think it's a must-have movie to have in your library if you're anyway interested in, you know, 
I enjoyed it more this time, even though I didn't like the broken upness of it. I enjoyed it more than I did the first time. I remember thinking when you just loved it, I was like, what are you talking? It's not that great. It's kind of, I don't know. I wasn't that into it. I mean, I I liked it because of the boldness of it and everything. But this time watching it again, I I got more into this, that thing I was talking about, like this world of vengeance. And so I let, let all the like ugh, eye rolling go and just sort of got into it so I liked it better this time you could say it's like more of a blokes movie I would say yeah. I would say uh-huh. yeah definitely you know but um, if you're like I say if you're a fan of comic if obviously if you're a Frank Miller fan you already bought it if you're um, unless you think it's blasphemy if you like Tarantino and Rodriguez stuff like Dust Till Dawn and Grindhouse you know, it, it obviously has an element of that too. I even feel, feel like Grindhouse, what they just did, the Grindhouse thing, they like to try, like, because it's very different since City mm-hmm. and so is Grindhouse. Nobody's really done those and things. And Spy Kids, that was different than any kind yeah, of I've, kid movie. He's you know? re- he really has his own... He doesn't. I don't, I don't feel like he's watching what other people are doing at all. He's just going, I know what I want, so this is what I do. And, like, Grindhouse was unsuccessful, even though... I think it's, it's unbelievable because ama- it's, it's just amazing quality. Um, but I just feel he has his own agenda, like Quentin Tarantino does. I think he does too. I don't think he's going. You know, look at what them people are doing. I've got to do something like. You know that. what I feel like? Like they like movies. Oh, uh, oh, they do. And they like making movies. And I'm not saying they're not part of the machine of making money too. But as people. They seem interested. And in I think that. that's the difference. You know, when we talk like week after week about. When we get onto the director and we go, well, you know, this is just a movie and there's a director. Yeah, I, I can't really tell you anything about him, even though I just watched five, ten minutes about him. He just seems like a company man he's part doing of his the machine, job. yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, now, these guys are... Quentin Tarantino, you know, you can, you can tell as soon as he starts talking of his love of film. He, it's ingrained inside him. And so is Robert Rodriguez. So I get excited with that kind yeah. of... You know, rather What's than... What's their next project? Um, Sin City 2. He's doing Sin City really? 2 uh, next year, apparently. Yeah. So more stories. And Tarantino, The Inglorious Bastards, which is... Oh, that's right. ...coming up soon, which I Ooh. cannot wait. Uh, that, I, I will All go All I to... can say is, honey, don't get your hopes up. You were so excited about um, Zach and Miri make a porno, and then... Well... <laughs> I'm not saying it's the same kind of thing, but you fall in love with these dudes, so to speak... As directors and their whole careers, and you followed them since the beginning. Tarantino hasn't stayed me wrong. I've been a fan since I went to see Reservoir Dogs the day it was released, and I didn't really know what it was or what it was about. I just I read something. I read a film review, a film review magazine. It was telling you what was opening that week, and there's this film called Reservoir Dogs. I didn't even know who Quentin Tarantino was. You were in England. Let's remind everybody. Yeah, I went to see it. I was absolutely. In fact, I. The next day, I got one of my friends and I said, let's go and see this movie. And I'd already seen it. I would see it again. Took him. And then over the course of several weeks, I went to see it several more times. And then when Pulp Fiction came out, I, I, I was in this theatre every day, like, for, for a week. You know, watching it with different friends, like, because I wanted to see what people thought of it. So Awesome. Um, Tarantino hasn't stayed me wrong yet. There's nothing that I dislike. I don't know about you. There's, there's nothing I dislike. I mean... I have to see Reservoir Dogs again. And I think the only reason that when I did watch it the first time, it, you know, 
stands out because it's unlike anything you've ever seen before. That's just one of those things about certain movies that come along and you're just like, whoa. When I was, who knows, I watched them on videotape and probably just sitting alone in my house and <laughs> drinking beer. And I don't know that, I mean, what disturbed me about it, obviously, is the thing that draws people to it is that sort of disregard for holding back on the violence and the, or, or, you know, all that it's kind of stuff. It's not quite as violent as you think either. It's a lot of it. No, what you see, but it's in there. It's the idea. The idea is. It's like True Romance has the ideas, too. Well, it does have actually graphic. True Romance? You mean the fight? True Romance was another film written by Quentin Tarantino. Correct. Oh, my God. Oh, and Natural Bone Killers, written by Quentin Tarantino. You know, like... See, Natural Bone Killers, I I didn't really like it, and I don't think I'd like it again. I adore Natural Bone Killers. I bought the Blu-ray. I think there's something inside you. No, I, it's, some I know it's got some subversive serial killer waiting to be come out. <laughs> Natural Bone Killers, you know, it's an Oliver Stone movie written by Quentin Tarantino. But I see both of them in it. Like, like it's it's got Oliver Stone's technical. You know, he was on a kick of that at the, at the yeah. time where I, he wanted to try every film technique and it's a little bit of flashover substance again. Yeah, a lot, a lot of flashover substance, but. Tarantino's in there too. You can really feel it. You know, it's it's that, that no hold back. bitter anger, yeah. violent, grindhousey uh, uh, as well. Even Natural yeah. Born Killers, it's rough. Like it's a rough movie. It's um, made to look rough, even though it's a big budget movie. It's got a feel of like an old. You know, I have to see it again, but I don't remember loving it at all. I I've, I, I was shocked it. by it, and I was like, wow, it's awesome in a way that. This again, unlike anything I've ever seen. So that take that I appreciate, but then when you get behind it and the story and the people, there's some roles in there. It, tu- it turns there's me off. There's some roles in there that are like, like it turns me off because I think there is a line between we should just do exactly what we want in movies and being able to kind of measure that. Even Oliver Stone says he's not a fan of it. So uh, you know, no, he, he's he wasn't a. No, I think he's actually the new commentary that I listened to with him. He's kind of changed over the years no he thinks it's it was he was involved in a lot of controversy at the time he was accused of people getting killed because of it and all kinds of stuff and it's very self-indulgent so when you look at it now and he might be going like cover his eyes a little bit like it's a product of its time ego driven movie i mean it's very of that early 90s time like you can tell when it was made when you watch it would you think it's safe to say that quentin tarantino has in a way molded a whole chunk of the film industry that type of thing that didn't exist before this definitely i mean obviously he's copying oh he was copying everything else yeah Yeah, but but i mean in our lifetime you can you still get a timeline of the kinds of movies you were watching as a child and as a teenager and then as a young adult myself included and then all of a sudden you go whoa they, it just jumps out at you, and then you list all these movies and go, these didn't exist at all. The quality, the no in your faceness of them. So I mean, they like the grindhouse genre. It's not like they made it up. It's been going for years. That these two, um, you know, there's billions of those movies. Sure, um, but they're the ones who take a chance on things and say, look, there was these movies that people watched in drive-in theaters that were really crappy. Like, well, not. Crappy in a good way, but them, real yeah. low budget and like, you know, they're not great movies. Kind of like low common denominator things, car chases just and, fun, like. and, you know, the revenge thing and all that kind of stuff. And, and they just took a chance on it and said, look, well, audiences of today don't see it. 
Like they did, they just see what Hollywood spoons them. So why don't we True. try and make a modern version of that? And I th- and they did Grindhouse with no holds barred. They made it look crappy. They made the acting kind of dodgy. Even it was made. They they yeah. emulated it, didn't they? So I just think they can they take a chance. And you know, Tarantino's doing a war movie now, which looks like it has a sense of humor to it too. In Tarantino's way, right. it's not a serious war movie, is what I'm saying. So. Um, you won't be hearing the last of Quentin Tarantino because Pulp Fiction is coming to Blu-ray pretty soon so we'll be talking about that one and you've only ever seen it once and I can't believe that yeah once oh dear <laughs> so thank you to uh, Disney and Miramax and I say uh, get this one Sin City it's uh, one to have in your collection you know there's not there's a lot of movies that come around and this but don't be fooled because it's in black and white and looks like an animated movie do not have your children watch it oh no 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 Unless your children like castrations. Yeah, no, don't let your children watch it. I will personally come and berate you for letting your children watch it. So thanks to Disney and Miramax for providing us with that Blu-ray for review. Um, I want to do movie recommendations quick. Mine are pretty simple. One of them's Grindhouse, just because I was thinking of Tarantino and Rodriguez, and I think Grindhouse is superb. I do think you should see it in its original... To get, totally. ...theatrical version, which is only available on a Japanese DVD right now. Which you can buy, you have to import the Japanese one, it does play on region free players. And it's the whole experience, the intro, machete, trailer. Advertisements, yeah. The first movie, a bunch of advertisements in the middle that are made specially. They're like fake trailers for crazy And it's about three and a half hours long, you know, the whole thing. Now, the US version, you have to buy two separate DVDs and some of those advertisements are missing. Why do people mess with this stuff? I do not understand. It's the reason I didn't buy it on Blu-ray, to be honest. If they put out the full thing, I will buy it. But we have both the posters, which are awesome. Yeah, so (laughs) Grindhouse is my first um, recommendation. And my second one is Jackie Brown, because it was on a Quentin Tarantino tip. I think Jackie Brown is overlooked by a lot of people. Um, it was like his third movie people were expecting big things after Pulp Fiction and it didn't live up to them to me it absolutely lives up to Pulp Fiction yeah you always kind of mention it first when you talk yeah I actually think I've only ever seen it once as well right well I think Jackie Brown has like some performances that are better or equal to Pulp Fiction's performances and I want to know the ones it's um, Pam Greer She's really good. I, I'm, it's not somebody I'm really familiar with, but like in that movie, I was like, whoa, she's good. And then Robert, Robert Foster, which is not somebody I know at all. And I saw him in that movie, blew me away. And then I see him all the time now in like bit parts and TV right. things. So those two. Um, and <laughs> who's the guy who plays Mr. Mom? Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton and Jackie Brown. Yeah, that yeah. is brilliant, that part. Because he's this weird... Agent, let's say. Yeah. And my recommendations are... Where are the recommendations? Um, I try to think of some of that old school, um, just hyped up crime and criminal-minded world where, you know, you there's no reality to it, hardly. It's just bad guys, good guys, criminals, whatever. And I just thought of Bonnie and Clyde. And I don't know why. With Faye Dunaway, I believe. And uh, what's his face? And that one, to me, is one of those where there's, like, some old, what we think of as old sort of 
ideas from novels and serial books, serial novels and cheap, what's it, Pulp Fiction novels and stuff, you know, this shoot them up, chasing them down kind of thing. And I have no idea why, but it just popped into my mind when I was trying to think of that. And very bad things, because there is a dead prostitute and there is a dead prostitute, so... And the, yeah, very bad things. Is and the idea, Christian Slater of, movie. Yeah, the same kind of, but in a whole different. Trying to be grounded in reality, and yet it's got a black comic side. Very too. dark and um, the shallow as well with the the choices everybody's making and all that kind of stuff. And then I'm going to add to that um, Renaissance with the yeah, Mike, because Daniel that's Craig. actually that's a Miramax film. You can get on DVD. Most people old. most people won't have seen it. No, probably. no, it's good. Um, but yeah, it's um, I think it's a French movie. It seems, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of like Waking Life, like animated slash drawn yeah. over. Yeah, it's cool. It's a cool movie. It really is cool. cool. So yeah. Renaissance, very bad things, and Bonnie and Clyde, and Grindhouse, and Jackie Brown. Um, it, for the contest this week, if you go to the site and click on the contest link, I have a contest for something a little bit different. It's a the movie Role Models from Universal. It's uh, Paul Rudd, and it's a crazy you like him crazy comedy. You like him. Um, I have a t-shirt and hat to give away, so uh, ooh, go ooh. onto the site and maybe win a t-shirt and hat. Role Models t-shirt. T-shirt and hat. And hat they're hundred percent great, sixty percent of the time. Yep. Thank, <laughs> and thanks to uh, Universal for the prize. Um, next week's DVD. If you was on the Oscar red carpet, one of those people, you would call it Button. God, but we'll call it the curious case it's of like Benjamin. Some dog. Well, yeah, we'll call it. Yeah, I was just sick on Oscar night. Anybody on the red carpet said they go up to people and say, "What do you think of Button? What do you think of Slumdog? Just say the whole thing, you fuckers." You just want to take the microphone, and, like <laughs> tap them on the head. Yeah. Do Are that you thing. so fucking lazy that do you that. can't say the whole title of the movie? Do that Tom Green thing. <laughs> Somebody did that on something. Yeah, place, on that like... yes man. <laughs> yeah. Where where Terrence Stump slams the microphone and he's. <laughs> And he's not always like... <laughs> that's just something that's always tickled me. Tom Green, like back in the old days, the old Tom days. Green show. He interviews people on the street. <laughs> he just... And like while he's interviewing them, holding the microphone, he'd slowly start rubbing the microphone on the face. Puts it on the forehead. And, and people don't, really, people don't really, move. No, they just keep talking and like looking at it. Or he'll get really close to their face and put the microphone right there. It's so bizarre. And like start rubbing it on them. And, and, they, and people just... Carry on, like he mate. starts out in the normal place, then he'll move it up and just touch their nose, and their their eyes kind of move around. Then they don't. It's always tickled me. Recoil or anything, they just keep Carry going. On. <laughs> As though that's how it's supposed to be. Like, oh, okay. He needs to get it closer to me, so I'll just. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, the people on the red carpet with their abbreviations and yeah, really, screw people. Them. So we're actually going to be looking at the curious case of Benjamin Button on Blu-ray now. That is subject to change because apparently it's running us slightly behind and we haven't got one yet. Mm. But we should have it by the end of the week. Um, what would be the replacement? Frost Nixon. Oh, right. So good. So yeah, one of those one, two. Good option. Yeah. Now, remember or just a few, Frost if you want A couple of months back. <laughs> <laughs> a few months back where you said, we're in a really good role here. We're seeing lots of good movies. I think we have, we've had a couple in there. Not since then, yes, obviously. Yes, probably a low point, right? <laughs> and Bedtime Stories, not... Not fantastic, not horrible, but we kind of dipped, and now we're... Uh... An in- interesting note, um, Curious Case of Benjamin Button. It's a Paramount DVD, uh, Paramount Blu-ray release, Criterion Collection. Oh, nice. You know, not like it's... You know when they sometimes, Criterion Collection, take a big movie like that and do it. Them. 
always very good quality uh, Criterion, but it's a Criterion Blu-ray, which is... I'd never seen one yet, mm. so that'll be interesting to see. Um, games and Ace Gully stuff this week. We've been playing more Resident Evil 5. <laughs> Fourth time through, maybe? I think so. It's the game that never ends. I just want to play it over and over and over and over again. Don't know wow. why. Wow. Um, I recommend it. Buy it. Uh, I played this game called Demigod on the PC. I would give it a miss. It's like an RTS... Oh, I don't know. It's not good. I don't like it. I played it for about an hour and then uninstalled it. I've been playing this game called Mafia Wars on Facebook. Now, I don't know if that's really a game. Is it a game? I find it really comical. Because the, the thing is, for a couple of months, I've been seeing my brother and a sister and their friends doing all these Mafia Wars things, sending each other stuff. And just last week, you said, mm, I'm done with Facebook. I'm, it's really boring and I'm, I'm not really interested and I'm just going to cancel my thing. And mm-hmm. the very next day, you're like, hey, I've got this much money in Mafia Wars. And like, from Facebook? Yeah, well, she, you know, my brother and sister kept sending you stuff. And you're like, yeah, I went ahead. And I just, one afternoon. And now I, it's like every day you have to check in. And what it was was like one afternoon I was like, just sat there and I wasn't doing anything particular. And I got a, do you want to have a look at Mafia Wars? I thought I'll take a look because I keep hearing about it. I had a look and I was like, well, there's not really a lot to it. It's a, it's a sim, like as a Mafia It's boss. like a accounting sim almost. You're collecting money and doing jobs <laughs> and... Um, what are you doing, really? Beating up people and extorting money. No, yeah, but there's no graphics. It's no, all no. numbers on a page. It's like you, you press somebody a button, sends you, you money this be- ruby ring that you need to trade with a guy to get something. Well, and- not exactly, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't play, so I don't know. Um, but you, you're earning money, and it's a real casual game because you can play it in the morning and then check in at 6 o'clock and do a bit more of it because it's all time-based. Like, if you do a bunch of stuff at 6 in the morning then you'll have no points to spend until a certain amount of time has passed, which is about six hours. So you come back six hours later, you can do some more stuff. So it's just kind of fun in small bursts. Um, you know, and you're competing against other people, and it's kind of cool. So that's uh, Mafia Wars on Facebook, if you want to uh, join out my yeah, Mafia. Yeah, you, your friends list has grown considerably. Yep. <laughs> um, and then the other thing was, yesterday uh, Best Buy had a cheap game sale, so I sent out my best shopping team. Which is you and uh, and our nephew. <laughs> and you came back with... Yeah, well, first, you gave me a little piece of paper with a little list and a $20 bill. Saying you wanted at least one of these games, if not more. Yeah. And on that list were Sing Song, <coughs> version, volume that's, 2. That's Sing Star. Whatever. Sing Song Ebba for the PlayStation 3. Sing Star Ebba for the PlayStation 3. And Indiscriminate Fever. What's the name of that one? What's the name of that one? That's Infinite Undiscovery. Infinite Undiscovery. For the 360. So we get there. They've got a rack right front front door. If you see this sticker on any game, it's a Best Buy sticker. It's $9.99. Excellent. they got a bunch of games on the front. We start looking closer. You know, it's like Shrek for the DS and stuff like that. Yeah, Hannah Montana and Rubik's something and Puzzle Quest. And we're like, "Eh." we go around the other side. All three of your games were right there. And I was like, whoa. So I pick all three of them and I'm like, we're conspiring. That was like, pretty lucky. We're going to go in. We're going to go home and say, oh, sorry, couldn't find it. <laughs> but then, of course, you called me the minute we get out of the store. And then we were looking for Austin to have to get a game. We couldn't find any that he wanted. So we found some styluses. Styli? Nintendo DS styli. Yeah. For his Nintendo DS Lite that are the shape of... Lightsabers. lightsabers. So he's got an Obi-Wan, a Yoda, and a, and a Darth Vader. And he was very excited about that. Did I mention that I got a lightsaber? 
I think you've talked about it, yeah. You got the big, the real thing. Almost. I mean, you can't chop off somebody's head with it. But, so then we conspired. How are we going to, we're going to tell him they didn't have them, and we're going to walk in, and I'm going to give him his list, but I don't have his $20. And right as we're getting in the parking lot, coming out of the store, my phone rings. Did you find any of my games? (laughs) (laughs) And then I was like, trying real, I was thinking, oh, how can I, you know, and Austin's like, don't, don't, don't tell him, don't tell him, don't tell him, but... So, of course I did. So, well, the basically... The, I got nothing out of the deal, by the way. You I got a mixer. Went, yeah, but it wasn't $10. But the long and short of that is uh, <laughs> I got two P, two PS3 games and a 360 game for 30 bucks, Correct. which is crazy because it costs 60 for one game normally, right? So it was a good day. You yesterday. got them for 20 because I bought one for you. Correct. But it's 30 bucks. Yeah, I thought that was... We went up and I got all four of those things, the three games and the stylus, and it was like 40 And I was like... That's how much wow. it should be, right? <laughs> yes! Hell yeah. I mean, because those games were $60 three weeks ago, so, you know. Why not just make them that and you'll sell more? I mean, they were pretty racked over, by the way. People were really... Yeah, people were probably... I think ABBA probably just didn't... There were like four of those, so I don't think people in in our part of the country were like, oh, hey, ABBA. (laughs) That's number one selling game in Europe. Of course. Um, You you wouldn't get it for $10 over there. And why am I getting SingStar Abba? Well, I have all the SingStar titles. I would like to continue the collection for $10. So um, the last thing is Windows 7 release candidate build came out. I installed it on my computer. It's running right there. Looks Correct. Pre- looks pretty. Um, You're very easily impressed by the prettiness of things. The desktops are awesome. They really are artsy-fartsy. I, wasn't that, I don't think it's that big a deal, but they do look cool. Yeah, well, anyway, I've been running Windows. It's nothing new for me. I've been running Windows 7 for about six months. This is the release candidate version, which is basically the version before the Gold Master, so it's pretty much finished. And you love it. Yeah, it's it's better than the beta because there was a couple of niggly, just a couple of niggly things which don't happen anymore. So, yeah. Um, But, yeah, it actually runs a little bit faster, and they've changed some of the graphics and... The, when you press my computer, that thing pops up really quick now. It didn't pop up as quick before. Um, I recommend it. Uh, the It's going public, so everybody can have a copy. In about five days. Mm. I managed to get an early one. So, um, once that does come out, you can just go to Microsoft.com and you can download it and put it on your computer. And you can have it for free until March 2010. So, wow. Nice. So that's pretty nice, I think. You'll have to buy a key then, because it will expire. But, I mean, you get to try it for a whole... What? Yeah, but what if you change your mind after a year, and then your computer just you shuts just, down? <laughs> you just you just put XP back on. Or right. Whatever, or whatever your Vista, or whatever you had before. You know, you'd have to reform Yeah, but you won't, will you? <laughs> no, you wouldn't. After you've been using that for some time, I think it would be hard to go back, because these features on here that I just love... Dragging the windows to the corners of the screens and them docking. I love that. And I, when I go to a computer, even my laptop, and I can't do it, it bugs me. So that's Windows 7, release candidate one build. It will be available for everybody next week, I believe. Uh, so, Sito, what's for dinner? Salad with chicken strips. I believe that's what we're, I would love to make the breakfast tacos that he made, but... Not really in the mood for that kind of cooking. So I'll make some chicken strips and some salad with some fresh vegetables and whatnot. And then uh, that's what have it. You been, what have you been playing? I've been playing checkers on the Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> I have. <laughs> 
I bet a lot of people don't know that the Zoom plays games, but yeah, with the it's got latest that space battle thing, space battle was surprisingly good. I what's that one with the shapes? I like that one too. But checkers, I started with, because you know what? I never won games of checkers before because it just wasn't I don't know bright enough. I don't know, and now I'm learning the uh, the rhythm of it. I, honestly, I could be one of those people sitting in the <clears> park <throat> playing with somebody for like ten hours. I'd be great. But if you own a Zoom, a Microsoft it's great Zoom, for the toilet. If you own a Microsoft Zoom and you haven't plugged it into your you know, you haven't updated the firmware in a while. You, you know, you can update the firmware for free. Just plug it in and go on the internet, and it will do it on its you own. Get Sudoku, and that's when your free games come down. And yeah, you say Sudoku, Checkers, Hexic, and Space Battle. Space Battle, Imagin- which I didn't like. Imaginatively titled Space Battle. <laughs> yeah, I actually think it actually looks like a DS game. It's as good as a DS game graphically. It's amazing that it's running on a little Zoom with a. 133 megahertz chip in it or whatever. And you can uninstall each one individually if you don't want them. I just leave them on there because I never know. They don't take any space hardly. And uh, they're free. It's not like yeah. they they charged you for a bunch and of games. And checkers you can play. If you're near someone who has one, you can get online Wi-Fi. and play against them. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. That's the Zune uh, checkers. And uh, did you do garden? Something in the garden? Yeah. Checking my garden. I mean, I've planted it all. I've mowed the garden twice this last week. You've mowed the yard, and uh, today it rained finally. We've been watering it and just seeing what happens. You know, I I have no idea how to garden. All of my information comes from my mother and And the internet. Yeah. So, you know, our soil might be crap. I have no idea. But I do know that we mulched with rock around our grapevine a couple weeks ago, what my niece and I did, and that is thriving. So I'm hoping that we're going to have some nice grapes this year. I just I just had a thought. Yeah, I'm just going to do a lot. Oh, and I'm growing some Brussels sprouts as you open a package to see what it is. This is a live unboxing. You know when I was saying, are we going to be reviewing Benjamin Button? Aye. Maybe it's in one of these boxes that I just got this morning. Hey. So I... Look at you with your little tiny knife. My little tiny knife. Oh! <gasps> I know that one. That's Ferris Bueller's Day Off on Blu-ray. There's no point in that, really, unless there's some new extras. That one doesn't do much for me. Grease, Saturday Night Fever, fair enough. But Ferris Bueller's Day Off, now that's a classic. Yeah, that is a classic. Does it have any extras? Um, if I could read that small print, I'd tell you, but I can't. It's got choice being as bonus features. Oh, you're going to love this one. Oh, yes, I love that movie. Galaxy Quest. It's awesome. <laughs> Seriously, it's awesome. I okay, love it. Okay, so we just did a live unboxing of uh, <laughs> some movies that were sent to us today by Paramount. Thank you, Paramount. Um, yeah, awesome. So we got uh, Ferris Bueller's uh, Blu-ray, which uh, I'm excited about. I'm not yeah. a fan of the box. I don't like that 3D hologram thing, but it's still cool. Um, I'll take that mm, Saturday Night Fever and Grease on Blu-ray. And uh, that's just a DVD, but it's... Uh, Oh, it's great. Quest. I love Galaxy Quest. It's one of my recommendations once a Are you smelling those DVDs? Did you yeah. just smell the DVDs? I like the smell of new DVDs. <laughs> oh, my God. In the morning. Oh, my God. You're hysterical. <laughs> You're it sm- smells sweet, like like mm. honey. The DVDs smell sweet. So, Paramount, thank you for your sweet-smelling <laughs> DVDs. I think whoever puts and them in the box has some nice perfume on them. There's <laughs> <laughs> probably some guy going, no, I don't. <laughs> or a girl going, yes, I've been squirting a little bit of perfume in every box, and finally, <laughs> finally, somebody acknowledges that I've been making an effort. So that was a uh, after the show first, the live unboxing of DVDs on the show. Wait, we should do that every week. Um, yeah. So uh, I want to remind you about our websites. That's ascully.com and sidtalk.com. And you can go to twitter.com slash ascully, twitter.com slash sidtalk to follow us on Twitter. 
And thanks to all the new followers, I've been getting many mm-hmm. followers recently. Um, yeah, many followers. Uh, you can go to facebook.com. Do you want to play Mafia Wars with that? I'm on Xbox Live, A Scully Live, A S C U L L Y L I V E. You can get this podcast on the iTunes Music Store every Monday, should we say? Go Monday to be safe. Well, I'm saying what day? It's always we're... Sunday, but occasionally we do Monday. Yeah, if you go on Monday, it'd definitely be there. Um, you can also go to the Zoom Marketplace on that same day and pick up a copy of the latest. Or subscribe, listen to all 67 in a row, and. You know? Mm, good luck with that. <laughs> um, I wouldn't even listen back. I listen to you talk all day, and I wouldn't go back, of course, and listen to it. Oh, I listen to it. That's all I listen to, just <laughs> us. <laughs> so, uh, you can also go to com, click on the word podcast at the top, and uh, subscribe there, or just listen to them straight from the page. Uh, we have every possible way of listening or downloading the show available on the site. Except we're not going to put it on a CD and send it to you. No, you can do that yourself. <laughs> um, you can email feedback to me at com, and you do never never, never, never ever email Sid Talk. She hates that you. Is, I do not hate anyone, and, but uh, your, your email will probably not get to me because I have a spam filter that catches everything. And that's her excuse? That is. I also have a spam filter, but Somehow, magically, I respond to all our listeners. <laughs> so, okay, there's a challenge, and I want somebody to send me an email. And if I see it, I will reply to you. I will mention you, whatever you say. I will edit if, it, of course, and, and, and censor it. But I will mention you in the next podcast. Mm-hmm. If you send me an email, SidTalk at SidTalk.com. And put it in the subject line after the show. Okay, that's it. I don't want to say uh, stay classy Sin City because you're not necessarily that classy. <laughs> That's a bit of a contradiction. But and I'm going to say just a plain old, simple, straight up message. Think for yourself because if you don't do it, somebody is going to do it for you and then you're going to be a dickhead. <laughs>